No, I think the problem is there's such good, there's such little good TV now. It's not your attention span that's the problem. It's the quality of the content that's the problem. How can people be so excited about every show, every season? And I, I just, I don't. It's garbage. Yeah. I, Call it what it is. Uh, it's garbage. And when you find a good show, it gets canceled. Yeah, that's true. No matter what it is. And people still expect me to think that the Big Bang Theory is funny. I'm sorry, I don't find it funny. Jericho, I, I do wish they would revamp that. I think. I know they, we talked about they you know, hurled the comics, that off the air. Yeah, they hurled. It's that good off the though. Air. Oh, it's a tremendous show. Yeah, Brilliant. Skeet Ulrich, the only time he's ever actually been decent in anything. And I heard his name before he was in the show. We're not here to hate Skeet Ulrich. <laughs> it's also it may be the first time he's ever been mentioned in this world other I'll, than I'll tell you something else his career changed whenever his name became skeet. something else for rappers oh skeet skeet how pissed off was he the first time that that happened to him just walking down the street and somebody told him that and all right very funny very funny everybody did you make that up about me is am i skeet <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, at one point he was. He was. <laughs> you can make fun of him, but he wouldn't even know. Like, hey, what up, skeet? <laughs> you know, when you were a child, somebody called you squirt, and now you know what it means. Um, there are several different meanings, but most of them aren't good. <laughs> when somebody calls you a squirt, yeah. Sometimes I call kids squirts, and I mean squirt. <laughs> uh huh. And it just, it just kind of goes off the rails from there. How you doing, little squirt? <laughs> you know what? At least that's culturally acceptable, and it's not the same as skeet. Ske- kind of. It's not the same as skeet. A squirt. <laughs> well, no. Now we have to come up with wet skeet. When, when are you allowed to use skeet for it to be technically correct? I don't know. I'm going to put my wind cap on the mic. I think it sounds better. Is that better? I think that's better. No. Really? Take it off. I'll, I hear something. Okay, how about now? Go ahead, go back. Is this like an optometrist exam or something? Better or worse? Do it, One do or it again. Two. Another hand. Um, no, absolutely not. This is not a show, Steve. <laughs> I'm just playing with you. Go ahead. Okay, so there's that, and now with the wind cap. I think the wind cap's a little better. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's got... It's cutting off some of the other stuff. Yeah, I it's think good. that's good. All right. <laughs> Oh, good grief. Got a big game coming up tomorrow. Excited about it. Better be over by halftime. Yeah. We'll, we'll cover that, too. Who are they playing tomorrow? They Kansas. Actually... Oh. <clears throat> too bad they couldn't get Delaware again. <laughs> you know what? Delaware State would probably beat Kansas. Uh, is Kansas that bad? Kansas is... Kansas has played two mid-American... Com- My phone just, just ruined the show. Thank you. Um, Kansas has, let me see here. Ruining the show. Kansas, yeah, it is present tense. <laughs> Kansas has played two Mid-American Conference teams this year. One at home, one on the road, lost to them both. Mac? Mac? Yeah. They lost to Ohio. They lost to Central Michigan. They beat a one double A school, you know, and I think got all, got all happy about that. They'll, they'll probably win one game this year unless they do what they did last year and they'll jump up and beat Texas. Now, how can you Kansas be so? Kansas beat Texas last year. I know. That's bad. And I laughed until I could not hardly move. That gets you fired. And I think it did get somebody fired. Oh, well, let's let's face it. Charlie Strong got fired at Texas for a lot more reasons. I can't believe he got hired at Texas. But that's a whole other episode. He's a USF coach now. 
He is. Dad had a really good win yesterday. He's a good coach. He's a good yeah. coach, yeah. and he's a great defensive mind, but he gets no credit for it, no play for it, and it's unfortunate. But you know what? That's typical. Typical. Yes. That's typical. Oh, my gosh. I just got to make sure all this is right. It is all right. It isn't. And it's not even Saturday night. <laughs> These are the jokes, people. <laughs> oh, good grief. Okay. All right. I need to get back home later on when I do and get some ice on the elbow again. Uh, is, it, is it one of those days, Steve? It's always one of those days. My I wake up and my arm's like this, like oh, 90 degree angle, and I'm like, oh, stretch out, stretch out. Sadly, I'm like that with my legs and my ankle and everything else. It just makes... Oh, it just makes terrible things happen. Doesn't it make you really look forward to uh, older age so you can really start feeling it? I'm 35 and don't feel a day over 90. That's <laughs> Some days. Not at, some days it's like some that. Some days. I can't believe I'm already at a point where I'm like, well, I can tell it's going to rain. Oh, man, yeah. And I don't even have, an, I don't even have any gunshot wounds or any, any cool stories for how I feel that way. I'm not even smart enough. People have to point that out. I'm like, man, I just... My elbows and everything they hurt. And they're like, well, it is raining outside. I'm like, well, what's that got to do with me? You know, do you consider me to have arthritis? Is that what you're trying to do? I mean, what is that? That is correct. That's We've what? already got it, and that's the problem. You got the arthritis. Oh, come on. You got arthritis. There we go. I think that's better. That's much better. Yeah, that it don't much, have that. It don't have the hump. That's much better. You want me to back up? No, you're fine. Hi. Yeah, just make sure that's tilted up right into your. Grill voice path right to the grill. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it probably needs to be the other, other way up. There you go. Yeah. Down a little bit. There, right, right there. That's yeah. the one. Perfect. I don't know where my mouth is. I can't see it. <laughs> uh, Dave Green. I'm gonna get his beard. I'm trying. You're okay. But that's not, quite a goal. And I'm not. I, I. I mean, I don't think it'll be that great. But uh. That's quite a goal. I like to do my own thing. That I, is, that's I res- a major I goal, man. That, I respect everything about him, but his beard, it might get a little bit more respect than other things. He can do anything he wants to, and he can. he's great at it. Well, I hate Dave. That is, You know, it's amazing that he can literally do anything, and he's amazing at yeah. it. And in a, in a sense, it's like, no man, homo. That's, that's, the, that's total respect. And in the other sense, it just grates you and makes you mad. Yeah. Oh, it's not fair. One day. One day I'll be Dave. I want to be Dave. What a great episode <laughs> title. First time he's on here, that's going to be the episode title. I want to be Dave. I want to be Dave. All right. Well. He's the transformation of, he just looked like such a nerd. And now he's like a, a beastly caveman, you know? Like, how do you go from a nerd to a beastly caveman? So what you're saying is that Dave Green is a transformer? He is a transformer. That makes perfect yeah. sense. Now... I get it. I think he sold his brain to like a cyborg and they just implanted his body. That's that's what it is. He's a cyborg. And what and what keeps him in line? Nikki. Nikki. She's Nikki also keeps a cyborg. him in line. 
Oh, Nikki keeps him in line. Nobody else can, but Nikki keeps him. We know who run- Dave knows who runs the show, and we know who runs the show. They remind me of cool aunts and uncles, like when I was a kid. Like, oh, they're cool. That's that's such a great way to put that. Oh, I've never put that together. <laughs> like you know, they you know their house. They may be drinking a little bit, but they're like, yeah, what's going on? Here's our meet our kids. You know, they're good people. They are the co- yeah. They are the coolest aunt and aunts and uncles ever. They let you have fun and then send you back home. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the coolest family members now don't ever. T- don't tell your parents what you've seen here. <laughs> and you know they are family. That's what makes it so much fun, is that they are family. Oh, my. That's how you start a show. Yeah. Well, no tears for fears for me all week. I finally get to hear it today. I'm happy. That's what we need. What is a week without a little tears for fears? Without a little 80s culture. Yeah. You need 80s culture in your life. It'll be coming back again, I'd say, a little... We had that synth period. It never left, Steve. Not, 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 not for me. me. Not for me. Not for me. Yeah. Not for us. It's DNA. Yeah, whenever uh, I start blaring this and all the girls in college age going through uh, it's WVU retro. Tech. WVU Tech. There's some hot girls that walk down that street. I haven't been looking. I haven't. I know you have. I drive down there even when I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you start a podcast. It's episode four of Apex Live. I'm Brad. That's Steve. Steve, how Hello, you doing, sir? Good. How are you? I am. I'm intrigued by what is to come. A little bit of punch face before, but it was, it's. It's we wrong. did. We just got back from the gym. I did not get hit in the face, and that's that's kind of how I like it. Because when the coaches start getting hit in the face, something <laughs> doing something wrong. Something's gone wrong in the show. So everything went fine at the gym. Good night at the gym. Nice. Good liver punches landed, and we've got a lot of ground to cover. We got a lot of things to talk about this evening. Things that are things that are aggravating us. Things that are frustrating us. We've got the postscript to the. Golovkin Canelo fight from last weekend that we had the the watch party episode, which was very popular. People enjoyed it. People have given feedback. It's it was a lot of fun, Steve, to do that show and to give all that analysis before the fight and then find out as the fight wore on in twelve rounds that we called our shot. Mm-hmm. We knew. We knew yeah. exactly what was going to happen. And I'm not even talking about how the fight played out. I'm talking about the fact that we knew they were going to screw Gennady Golovkin. You knew more than I did. I, I figured that, I don't know, that was horrible. Well, you know, we all picked Ugh. a stoppage. Most of us, for the, for the most part, we picked a stoppage. I wanted, I wanted a stoppage. Well, one reason why I think we were so big on a stoppage for that fight was the simple fact we knew that a stoppage had to happen. Yeah. Because... He's not going to win a decision. And I think all of us at some point said, he's not going to win a decision. And as soon as the the fight plays out, we get to the end of the 12 rounds, and you saw that the last couple of rounds go Canelo's way, or at least it felt like it probably did because it was close. Yeah. The That interim time period between the last bell and the introduction of the, you know, the announcement of the decision, we all were just nervous. And we knew it's going to happen. They're going to do it. And the first card gets read. And it's 118, 110, oh, yeah. Canelo. And you go, what the? Hang on. What, 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 are, it, 10 rounds to two? Yeah. 10 to, t- 10 to two. Did, that had to be filled out before the fight started. 10 to two, Steve. And, and I just, it kind of hit me maybe the past day, and I really was thinking about this. 
that fight was the same exact fight with Danny Jacobs. The same rhythm, same pace. It was at times. It was with the exception of the big shot that knocked him down. He used the template, though. That's the only difference. Mm-hmm. Came on the same same rounds that Canelo came on. Same last two, last three rounds. Hung in there, you know, had his a couple little pot shots in between, you know, being hunted down because they can't take any pressure. Um, and they still say, hey, you know, I have this machismo. I'm going to fight this fight. Be in your face. They, the only one's done is Kell Brook, and he got his face broke. Well, this is the, this is the this is the comparison that I had once I got to kind of settle back a little bit, and I talked about it a little bit after at the end of our post fight analysis, yeah. but not so much as as I can talk about it now. That fight was when you look at it as a composite throughout the course of the twelve rounds, the game plan, what was done, how it was done, top to bottom. When you watch that fight. It was Hagler Leonard. Yeah. Canelo came in, fought 15, 20, 30 seconds out of the round, Mm -hmm. was getting stalked, was getting jabbed, was getting controlled in terms of ring generalship, defense, everything for large portions of rounds. Mm -hmm. Even the way that the rounds played out in Hagler Leonard played out in this fight. And that's what's so crazy. It was exact. Right throughout the course of 12 rounds, and it's another one of those fights that if it's 15 rounds, like I still believe title fight should be, I'm sick of, we have title fights for for NABF titles that are 10 rounds. That is ridiculous. Yes. 15 round title fights separated real champions. That's a champion. From fake champions. That's a champion. And you know what else we didn't have? Draws. Because you had an odd number of rounds. Yeah, you, you didn't can't have, have a draw. Didn't have nearly well, and you'll have even rounds be scored, and I'm okay. I think there should be more even rounds scored than less even rounds scored. Yeah, and the argument is, well, professional judges know the difference in their scoring <laughs> no, criteria. Yeah, sure, they know the difference between a what most people would consider to be an even round and what's actually an even round. I would argue that they know less about what is actually going on and how these rounds are being scored. It's it's another example of how we need to start making some changes and how scoring is done in boxing. And one of the first changes we need to make is to get rid of some of these judges. How about take the human element out of it completely? If they want to use CompuBox, this and that, go by statistics only. If nobody gets knocked down, maybe so. Statistics but, only. But there's a problem with that. Who's running CompuBox? There are people over there with clickers. That's true. They're every bit as vulnerable. Yeah. And but it's closer. And you can have well, may is it? It's less subjective. But how many fights have you seen where you've bit. looked at the CompuBox yeah. numbers and said, "What?" That that is absolute BS. He landed yeah. more than four rounds in that or four punches in that round. And then you'll see a shot where judging really has to come into play is you'll see a punch that lands full force. Mm-hmm. And then you'll see another one that you can tell they rolled with it. They moved with it. And it counts as a power punch. And, well, it gets counted the same. because How about it's they just go until weighted. somebody quits from now on? Well, they did that in the 20s and yeah. people died. So well, I think 15 rounds was that's, – that's a topic that's come up plenty over the years. How about 25? 25 would be fun. That would – hey, that takes – you know, what when are you going to do? 25. Jack Johnson lost his title – um, to Jess Willard in I think 1915 in Havana, Cuba, and he got knocked out in the 26th round. And that fight was outside mm-hmm. in Cuba, so it was you can imagine what that was mosquitoes like. and hot. And, oh, it was lovely. Yeah. And here's the fun part about that: Jack Johnson was a, a villain because he was the first black heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. And Chicago, he, right? And you know what he loved? Chicago. I think so. Yeah. You know what Jack Johnson loved, Steve? 
uh, white women. He loved fast cars <laughs> and white women. That's right. That's At what the he time, loved. Taboo. Okay? And as you but may, he didn't care. And as, that's cool. As you may well know, Jack Johnson not real popular. Didn't care what they thought. Yeah. So he had Ken I, Burns boxing. Great that was documentary. his wife. I think it was his wife at the yeah. time. I'm pretty sure. And she was a white woman. Yeah. And they're in Cuba. And he knew he was not going to win that fight. Mm-hmm. He was dog tired and things were already starting to go bad. And he looked over at his wife at that point, right before the 26th round. And he said, you need to get out of here now. Yeah. And she kind of knew what it was about, and she left. And then he went out and got knocked out by Jess Willard because he just couldn't deal with what Jess was doing. So that's how that fight ended up. And it obviously changed the course of history because from there we went from Jess Willard winning that fight in 1915. Didn't lose his title until four years later and only defended it in that time period, I think, once or twice because of the war and some other things. And he got knocked out by who I think is one of the most underrated. He's considered a great, but I think he's still underrated because he fought so long ago. Heavyweight champions ever, Jack Dempsey. Yeah. Jack, who spent most of his formative years growing up in Logan County, West Virginia. Mauler. And most people don't realize that. He's named the Manassa Mauler because of mm-hmm. being born and spending time in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. But most of his formative years were right here in West Virginia, and most people don't know that. But that's the postscript on Golovkin and Canelo. It was a terrible decision. We're still, still mad about it. It was basically Hagler Leonard. Leonard did not win that fight either, and if you're not happy about it, 116-112 Hagler every time I've ever scored it because body punches count, and I'm not fooled by 30-second bursts yeah. in three-minute rounds. It's BS. If you think Leonard won, you're wrong, and this is America. You are fully, fully free to be wrong about everything, and most people are. I'm going <sighs> to save the top five Desert Island dinners for the next episode. Um, I'm, still, I'm still narrowing down the list, Steve. I, I love food so much. I've got to narrow that list down, and I just don't have it where I need it to be yet. I've got it down to seven or eight, but it's not a top seven or eight list. It's a top five list. I have one that is completely not nutritional whatsoever, but... It doesn't have to be nutritional. It's not even a meal. It's just like something I would have as a meal. It's something you just like to eat a, a big, lot of. A big bulk of. A big, yeah. It's about more about volume than it is anything yeah. else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that just proves the point that I've tried to make to other people in my culinary life, but it applies to other things, and that's that food can also be entertainment. Yeah. It, it can sure. be. Yeah. You know, and it's about enjoyment. It's about making you feel good inside mm-hmm. or outside or or both. And it, <laughs> you know, feels so good on the inside you showed on the outside. <laughs> that, that you could not sum that up any better. <laughs> Moving along. Uh, if you want to catch us on social media, you need to go ahead and get all of our info out there. It's already starting to grow. Facebook's growing faster than any of them, and that's not unexpected. But you can find us on just about any medium. We are exclusive to SoundCloud to listen to all the podcast episodes right now. If you're listening to this, chances are you already know where to find us on SoundCloud. But if you want to share it with other people, it's simple. It's SoundCloud.com slash Apex Live. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook are all active. Just look for Apex Live Podcast. That's the username on all three of those. Uh, Instagram, I think I've posted once. Twitter, we haven't done anything yet. Facebook is the most active of the three, but those are going to grow as we do more and more shows and get more followers. Facebook will kind of be the social central because of all the things we can do with it. But Instagram will be good because you'll see some 
videos while we're recording. You'll see some photos while we're recording. A lot of different things. Twitter will just be that constant source of feed for links. And whenever we start doing some resources that we're reading from or sharing from, that'll be the place to find out where you can get the book links or the audio files, whatever it may be. If you want to be part of the show, if you want to send us your top five list, if you want to send us show ideas, if you'd like to be a guest, easy to reach us. Feedback. Thoughts, comments, questions, Apex Live Podcast at gmail.com. And we've got some really exciting stuff coming up here soon. Now, I want to get this out of the way because this was brought to my attention at the gym tonight. And this is important. Apparently, Dave, whenever he uh, is trying to make some type of funny point, Steve will, Steve, he'll do this. He'll, he'll start using these stereotypical voices. <laughs> and we've got to do something about Dave and his stereotypical voices. At no point are those intended to be actual impersonations of anyone. That's just Dave, Dave gonna Dave. That can go on a t-shirt. Dave gonna Dave. Dave gonna Dave. So those are not intended to be actual representations of anyone. We love you, Steph. <laughs> we do. I promise. And, and no matter what, I want you to remember this. It wasn't me. So it wasn't. Actually. That's what's most important as long as I'm still welcome in your home. So that's always good. Um, we got some fun stuff coming up, Steve. We've got some guests coming on as soon as we get a little bit more audio equipment. We're going to talk to Eric Slocum. We're going to talk to Justin Novaria. Uh, got a couple other people that are, that are going to be coming on. But here's one thing that is a whole lot of fun. And that is there is a – I didn't know this. I didn't know this. Maybe you knew this. I didn't know this until about two or three weeks ago. There's a service called Twitch, and on this service called Twitch, there are people who start their own channels, and they conduct a live stream of themselves playing video games. And I'm talking all of the the new wave of PC games, whatever's going on at the time. There's a game called Overwatch that's a first-person shooter that's got great graphics. Uh, I'm sure there are other the, the multi-million online player games with millions of people jumping in. There, there's a lot of those being played as well. But these people are so good at playing these games and so entertaining playing these games that they are streaming themselves playing them, which, first of all, I thought, okay, I'm not going to get on and watch somebody play video games. But you know what? It's actually kind of fun. It's really fun. And I didn't know that. Yeah. So there's people doing that. It's better than some movies. I mean, it plays out kind of like a movie. It kind of does. And it's always, there's never a similar outcome twice. It's there's always live action being conducted. And then there's a chat room associated with it. So you're all always talking to the person who's producing the content and then other people who are watching the stream. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize there are people on here that have literally thousands of followers. And then there's a thing where once you get a certain amount of viewership and streaming time that people can subscribe to your channel and you can monetize this. Mm -hmm. You're making money as a content producer. Something we don't know anything about quite yet because we've only this is only four episodes for us. But there are people who do this and they're streaming everything from the current current games to games that are four or five years old, but still very popular with servers being active and thousands of players to retro video games. And I'm talking stuff from the early 2000s all the way back to console emulators. And they're streaming these things and it's very, very popular. And there's a lot of stuff going on. Well, that's important to me specifically for one reason, because my brother is a content producer and he has a channel on twitch where he is twitch.tv slash kung fu spaceman 
<laughs> Do not ask me what Kung Fu Spaceman means. If you want to know, ask my brother. He will tell you. But he is the content producer there. So this is what we're actually going to get to do. I hope everybody liked our watch party episode for Golovkin and Canelo because we're going to have a little something similar coming up here soon. We're working out the, the technical side of it and we've already run a test. The test worked well. What we're going to do is we're going to have a crossover and we're going to have a live episode of Apex Live crossing over with the Kung Fu Spaceman channel. He has quite a few people uh, that he's played games with for years, 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. And they get on uh, another program where they can interact with live video, kind of like Skype, but without the delay. And it's a great program. I've already got it installed. And they get on and play the games. Well, they're going to get together. We're going to get our crew together. And we're just going to have one big crossover podcast, Twitch broadcast. It's going to be Apex Live on Twitch. It's going to be Kung Fu Spaceman on Apex Live. We're going to do it all together. And it's going to be a really interesting show. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun with it. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I haven't really been into games again, but I'm getting back into more like we're talking about the retro gaming. Well, we're, we're, so. we're retro gaming people. I am, I'm in full 80s mode mm-hmm. right now, Steve. I've got the... 82 to 86 Atlanta Braves hat with you know the 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 lighter color of blue I love that mm-hmm. hat and then I've got my my gray shirt on right now which I bought it a while back but I hadn't got to wear it yet and it's a gray shirt with the old school rectangular not even the dog bone rounded off one it's the rectangle the best controller created it's ever. ever but it's the uh it's the Nintendo controller the old school NES controller and it says on the shirt let's settle this like adults yeah. so that's how I love that What's the worst controller you've ever used in video games? That so you've for just the console's first first controller. You know, I, I love the Intellivision. The Intellivision is one of my favorite mm-hmm. favorite consoles ever. That's the system I grew up on. It's the system my dad bought before I was born. So it was the first one I ever used. Mm-hmm. The first video game I ever played was Burger Time for the Intellivision. The the Intellivision One controllers look a lot like the Intellivision 2. Okay. They are rectangular. There's a 360-degree disc on the bottom. It was ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. It was the first analog yeah. stick. So you have that on the bottom, and then you have a nine-digit keypad that looks like a phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, so 12 keys there, and then you had four fire buttons, on two on each side. The Intellivision 2, they replaced the, the bubble overlay buttons mm-hmm. with kind of a, a more tactile flat pad. And those things started to crack and they didn't, the yeah. fire buttons on the side didn't really press in the same way. That was probably the worst controller. The Intellivision 1 controller was far better. Mm. Um, but it was in that same vein as the Coleco controller, which came right after it. And it's really a shame the Intellivision 3 never happened. And we'll talk about that on our video games episode. But that, that game system may have kept the Nintendo Entertainment System from being as big as it was. That yeah. was a special thing, and they had to scrap it because the entire industry crashed in in eighty three. But that was really interesting. I love those. I love the old games. I love the old systems. But I, I'm a little proud of the fact that I was ahead of the retro gaming curve before it became oh yeah so cool. It never went away. I was doing this. Never went away. You know the, the first emulators. I remember the first emulators coming out and thinking, wait a minute, I can play this on the PC. Yeah, great. So. I like being ahead of the curve on that, but now now it's cool. Everybody wants to play retro games, mm-hmm. and you've got the flashback consoles, which I'm so glad they're doing. I just I wish that it was. I wish a lot of the games from the third party companies were a little bit more accessible because Sega can release you know when they do their Genesis yeah flashback they can release their own 
mm-hmm. titles. They can release all the Sonic stuff. Unless and all they the did ones, everything. Well, of course. Everything. But when you've got third-party companies like EA, well, EA can do their own yeah. flashback console for anything, just a matter of which system you mm-hmm. want to pick. The Intellivision, this is really interesting to me. The Intellivision... The rights to it were bought by one of the programmers named Keith Robinson, who passed away a few months ago. Yeah, you were telling me about that earlier. Well, what's interesting about this is he they did the Intellivision Flashback Console 1, and it had all the original Intellivision titles. Well, you still had all the titles that were made by Activision and made by Data East, which some of my favorites were Data East games, Burger Time, Lock oh, and yeah. Chase, yeah. all those. Well, those properties have been bought and sold and bought and sold and bought and sold by tons of companies and and the copyrights to those just keep getting renewed and all those things and other people have them and copyright's going to be important here in just a minute so all that goes on and then you have the Imagic Games that company hasn't existed for 30 years I don't think so that's been gone Keith, before he died, was already working on the Flashback 2, and when Flashback 2 comes out later this year, right around holiday season, all of those third-party games are going to be on the Flashback 2. Oh, sweet. So, the games you thought you'd never get to play again because your Intellivision's gone, you don't want to pay 150 bucks for a console that somebody's selling on eBay and oh, you don't yeah. even know the, yeah. the condition it's in. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to get it back with the good controllers, you're going to get it back with none of the, the strange video artifacts from old cables and bad connections inside of the old consoles. Yeah. It's going to look crystal clear. It's going to be back. It's going to be great. And I'm going to pre-order it as soon as it comes out. I don't need a new Nintendo flashback. Mm-hmm. I've got all the games and I've got emulators. But you can't play a, an Intellivision without that controller. Yeah. It just doesn't work and doesn't make sense. You can't emulate that. Yeah, so when that. that comes out, it's going to be a blast. I can't wait. If you like if by some chance you're a fan of the Intellivision and you want to find out more about that system and those games, there's a great podcast, and I want to support other podcasters for sure. There's a great podcast called The Intellivisionaries, and they've done 40-some episodes about different games, different a- aspects of the system, and it's really cool. So that's going to be fun. And the video game episode, I think we may have to maybe live st- do that one live as huh. we're playing some games. That, hey, that... <laughs> That'd be fun. And then you can hear the, the, the stream of profanity when something goes wrong during one of the, the games because nothing will make you more aggravated than when something goes wrong on a Nintendo game with two buttons. I really, really, really want to get in some uh, Super Tech Mobile. I think we should have a uh, tournament. A, a tur- live... A live uh, okay, but here's the problem with that. The other people we know really don't play that game. So that's you can't, their fault. You, you can't have a tournament with two people. Um, best of seven, bud. <laughs> Best of seven. Oh, so it's kind of like a World Series. Yes. It's, it's kind of like a Tech Mobile World tech Series. Tech Mobile World Series. Well, I'm going to start practicing now. You should. And I'm going to shake off the rust. Oh, ooh, somebody's. <laughs> I play it like three times a week I through do. like two or three hours. I do believe that's a gauntlet being thrown. I oh, know you're fine. up for the challenge. Uh, you know I am up for the challenge because I love football video games of any kind. I tell you what, we'll play. We some don't s- ever get to be competitive with each other. We now will, we get a chance to. We'll do some Super Tech Mobile. Yeah, that'll be fun. And then we'll hook up the Genesis and we'll play some Bill Walsh college football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, we could do that. I didn't yes. even. I didn't even just have it for Genesis. I had the one version that they made for Sega CD. Oh. Yeah, and I still. Do you remember Joe Montana Sports Talk Football? Do you remember? <laughs> When Sega CD was out and they produced the game Night Trap and it made people so crazy they banned the game because there was supposedly this live video scene that depicted, mm-hmm. you know, some illicit situation that they thought was inappropriate for games. So they banned it. I have a copy of Night Trap. 
I, I so don't ma- think I, I don't think I remember that. I know Sewer Shark was around. Sewer Shark is the one that, that came with the system. They came with the system. But look up Night Trap and and look at what happened that got that game banned and pulled I will. off the Night shelves. Trap. But it was hilarious. N i g h t t r a p. Just really yes. Okay. Now before we move on to our next segment. I need you to address something. Yeah. Because this is a piece of feedback that was sent in by one of our listeners. And it was not aimed at me, Steve. <laughs> it, it was aimed at you. Oh, sweet. I didn't even know. I'm so glad you waited till now because it's uh, organic. You can do what you need. Um, one of our listeners kind of took issue with your statement that the Elvis movies were not any good. Oh. Um, and the commentary was simple. The Elvis movies were awesome. Steve, your rebuttal. Okay, um, if you have a choice, then it's okay. But when it when you're forced, it's it's bad. Even if it was the best thing in the world forced on you for your whole life, you'd probably end up not liking that eventually. So that was really the issue: is so, that it was involuntary. It was involuntary. Elvis but Elvis still sucks. I mean, I don't know. Well, Elvis is dead. We don't have to trash the man, but no, but but, but nonetheless, the, those movies. Our dear listener, who will yeah, I'm not going to sit here and Justin Navaria mention any names, but those <laughs> movies, those movies were terrible. Those Elvis movies were some of the worst things ever committed to videotape, film, DVD, Blu-ray. Could you imagine someone having the Elvis movies on Blu-ray and immediately or on DVD and saying, "I got to have these on Blu-ray because if I don't have this in high definition, nobody that old exists, and they wouldn't even." be past the VHS aspect. You realize that Teddy Bear is significantly younger than both of us. I know, but if you're watching But just on average. If you're you're watching those movies to like reminisce about like your great grandpa or something. A simpler time. Yeah, like oh yeah, that's, you know, because sometimes I can watch some John Wayne movies because I have to go to sleep. You know, Black and White does that. But if you're you, you know, pop popcorn and you're just sitting down for some real entertainment and Elvis isn't yours. Then I mean, well, that's a fair. More point. power to you, but not for me. That's a fair point, and I'll and I'll also add this: um, some of Elvis's work, obviously, late fifties, early sixties Elvis, when they couldn't show him from the waist down and all that. That was <laughs> that was formative stuff in, in in the entertainment world in our country. Yeah, and as simplistic as it was. Mm-hmm. It's still remembered so fondly because it mattered, just like the Beatles. Now, I don't like the Beatles. I like Elvis better than I like the Beatles. The last part of his career was completely different. Fat Elvis was oh, way different. Yeah. He was doing more gospel stuff. Um, that was the Viva Las Vegas stuff. With you know, it, I liked him when he was younger, I mean, when he had like what he did. But that whole uh, transcendence. It was to, desperation. Yeah, but, I mean, to like it a went. lounge singer type, you yes. know? like that's, Oh, the jumpsuit? Is yeah, that, you're talking about the jumpsuit? That's bad, man. It like, reeked of desperation for me. And I think Why that's, do that to yourself? Like that's, that's what kind of bothered me. That's like taking a picture, you know, like one of those seventies tuxedos and thinking you look great. And then twenty right. years later, you're like, oh my god, what did I do? Well, I will say this: there are some of what there's some elements of what Elvis did, even in the younger days when it was very simplistic. Yeah, some of his stuff is still relevant today. Yeah, I'll give him credit for sure. For, for instance, um, there's there are unconfirmed reports. That 
Virginia Tech, which is so <laughs> widely known for that inner Sandman entrance, which people talk about like it's such a big deal because they started doing it in 2000. And you have to remind them, well, at that point, the song was nine years old and you had already ripped that entrance off from about 5,000 high schools throughout the country. It's really not that big of a deal. But, hey, it gets the crowd fired up and that's wonderful. There's word right now that at the end of this season, they're going to retire that and replace it with a more appropriate entrance song. And there are five options out there right now. One of the five is actually Jailhouse Rock by uh, by Elvis Presley. <laughs> and I, I think that would fit. And uh, that reminds me, uh, Steve, do you know what it's uh, you know what it's time for? <laughs> Let's go. Let's do it. Let's hear it. Well, it's time. <laughs> it's time for a Virginia Tech update is what it's time for. That's right. It's the... It's the theme music from Cops, because it's time for our Virginia Tech update. We are chronicling the greatest accomplishments of all things Virginia Tech football and other sports. They don't limit it to just football, but the hokey pastime, America's pastime is baseball. The hokey pastime is criminal activity. That's right. So what have the Hokies been up to? Dateline Blacksburg. Virginia Tech linebacker Tavante Beckett's indefinite suspension stemmed from his Monday arrest for possession of marijuana, which, you know, that's a that's a debatable issue out there right now. Let's see. Possession of marijuana and conspiracy to sell and distribute marijuana. Well, you know, you'll have that from time to time. People do that. Kids are going to be kids. He's 19. The difference is he's doing it in a little bit of a different way. Beckett, 19, was arrested Monday, and this is this story's a couple of weeks old, but I'll get to why it's important here in a minute. By Blacksburg police, now keep, keep in mind who arrested him. Blacksburg police arrested him, Steve. That's an important part of this story, and we'll get to why. They don't do much work there. Blacksburg's kind of really well, manicured and, and really, you know, nice area, so. Well, they do a lot of work around the campus. Yeah. Charged with conspiracy with conspiring to distribute marijuana in an amount more than half an ounce, but less than five pounds. <laughs> but less than five pounds. So Steve, like four ninety nine. What, what Steve? Five pounds of, of marijuana is an acre and a half of Mexico. <laughs> that how is that even a measurement? A class five felony in Virginia with a maximum penalty of 10 years in prison and a $2,500 fine. He was released on a $2,500 unsecured bond, according to court records. Now, this is the part that makes me mad, Steve. We can debate the legalization of marijuana and the medical uses and all those things ad nauseum. And that's a whole other episode. I've got people that we can bring in and talk about it. But that's not my problem. Here's my problem, Steve. The offense date for conspiracy to distribute, was listed as August 23rd, a week and a half before the Hokies season opener against West Virginia. The story that I'm reading right now was published on September 13th. (laughs) So it happened in late August, and they sat on it. I don't even know if this guy's any good. I don't even know if he plays. Mm -hmm. But they're going to make sure that they sit on this arrest... Oh, well, we made sure we went ahead and took care of this and and, and made sure he was brought to justice and X, Y, Z. And we're going to make sure there's no more running of marijuana through Blacksburg and protect the kids in the streets and whatever. Well, if they were going to protect kids, they just fold the football program because they love underage girls in Blacksburg. And if you don't agree with that, just put it into Google and take a look at your own history. 
But you sit on it until after the game is played, and technically, I guess, until after the second game had been played. Why? Just to be sure, because football takes precedence over everything else that happens in that place. Isn't that lovely, Steve? Doesn't, oh, it make, doesn't it make you feel great about your justice system when you know they're doing stuff like that? And before any of you do it, I can hear people opening the apps on their phones and clacking away on the keyboards. I'm going to send them an email and feel free. Apex Live podcast at gmail.com. I know what you're going to do. I know what you're going to say, and I'll rebut it. Just as soon as I read the email and we do another episode, I can't wait to do it. I know what you're going to say. Well, that happens everywhere. <laughs> it does, you know, it probably does. I know at Ohio State, I know at Oklahoma, and I know at Florida and Florida State and all these other places, I know there's problems everywhere, Steve. And I know that they cover stuff up. You know what the difference is? They're not Virginia Tech, and I don't hope their campus burns. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes, I'm a West Virginia Mountaineer. And you know what my favorite story ever is, Steve? Huh. People won't believe this. But it's true. You can look it up on Google. There was a story several years ago. West Virginia fans are known for celebrating victories in a very particular way. Burning. Burning what? Couches. That's right. We like to ignite some furniture from time to time. Well, there there was a frat house in Blacksburg on the Virginia Tech, the Virginia Tech campus, and they they had done something or other. I guess they wanted to mock us and have some other fun with some things. So you know what they did, Steve? <laughs> they said we're going to burn a couch. Hmm. And they did. They forget to throw it outside. Uh, they burned the couch, which was sitting on their front porch, and burned the house down. <laughs> and that, my friends, is the difference between amateurs and professionals. They, Steve, they burned their house down. <laughs> they burned their. <laughs> they, burned. they burned their house down. Setting a couch on fire. Uh, we'll show those hillbilly mountaineers. Yeah, your campus is on a cow pasture. Don't even get all high and mighty, okay? And that has been our Virginia Tech update, at least for now, because well, the material never Let me ends. throw this in. Okay, go so ahead. So you had that... Uh, this is the postscript. They have, they have one little, uh, little song you had there, but I think a more appropriate song would be um, probably like ice cream truck music. That would be good. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> uh, you know what they call ice cream ice cream truck music in Blacksburg, Steve? <laughs> Bait. Bait. <laughs> if I I wish I had this on our music library right now, but there's a great song called Only Sixteen by I think Gary Douglas or somebody from from the nineteen fifties. She's only seventeen or is that too old? You know what they call an 18-year-old girl in Blacksburg? Too old? An older woman. An older woman. That's what they call her. That's what they call a MILF in Blacksburg. (laughs) (laughs) That's good right there. We're just going to keep attacking. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, The other song that I think is a candidate for their entrance music is Young Girl by Gary Puckett and Union Gap from the (laughs) mid-1960s. Young Girl, get out of my mind. My love for you is way out of line. Better run, girl. You're much too young, girl. I can see the Hokies taking the field to that and then you have to listen to their fight song and change the lyrics to hokey 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 crime jail jail vpi and that that finally has been our virginia tech update and we'll move from that right into our primary topic which has absolutely nothing to do with anything that we just talked about but it's an issue steve that that came up to me in the last week two weeks or so and i kind of went into it a little bit whenever this podcast idea started started to grow, but as we've started to upload and start, well, started to record and then upload and word is spread, this has really become an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. And the topic is the, the power, the restriction, 
and at times the freedom of copyrights and trademarks and other things as well. But copyright specifically and how that affects the world of podcasting and everything else that we do. And that's something, Steve, I know you're kind of familiar with. I'll admit to this. I've done this in the past. There have been fights that I didn't want to pay $100 to watch on TV. So so what did I do? I went to insert domain name here, and I watched a live stream of it. Now, you call that, and I call that, and other people call that, just in a general sense. We call that streaming. What other people call that is stealing. Piracy. Well, and technically, that's what it is. I've probably not streamed a pay-per-view fight in... Three, four, five years. It's probably been about meh, three months for me. But I just haven't done it. It's not something I want to do. And the more that I've worked in boxing, I understand what these guys are doing and what they're putting themselves through. But also at the same time, think, well, there's a re- they're not the fighters aren't the reason why the price tag's a hundred yeah, bucks. That's not it. That's absolute. That's insane. When the price for a pay per view with Floyd Mayweather is the same price, that's making a hundred and some million dollars, is the same price as a pay per view for somebody that's making three. I understand the buy rates are different and yeah. the bills are different. I get that. But how are the prices the same? So there's a, there's a lot of things right now in the dark hole that we do call the Internet because the Internet is not a good place, Steve. And you know that and I know that. There are very bad things on the Internet. I wish I was smart enough to access those. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm so intrigued by that, but it's such a bad thing because well, I'll tell you this. I'm really not too tech savvy when it comes to the software well, you don't part want to of it. You don't want to be because I kind of do. It's the stupid people who know just enough to access it. They're the ones who get their doors kicked in for accessing the <laughs> wrong things. Yeah. So, and you know, internet streaming is the least of the issues. When I have st- small children too. I don't want anybody at my door like that. When you start talking about what's on the internet, internet illegal streams of videos of fights. Is the least of concerns of what's going I'd on. I'd hope not to ever get my door kicked in on that. That's well, here's the, and I don't, and that's really not something that's ever happened. They tend to go more after the producers of those and who is sending out the stream than those who are viewing it. Because you're never going to track down. And fi- those are the smart people. You're never going to track down 500,000 people that are streaming a fight. It's no. just not, and the numbers are well higher than that when you look internationally at who's oh, yeah. watching these shows. But. It's funny how things come back. We were talking earlier about Twitch and our crossover episode with the Kung Fu Spaceman channel. I can't. I say that, and it's funny that I actually have to say those words out loud. I like Kung that, Fu though. Spaceman. I, I still don't know what it means. We'll have to ask him. Whenever have you ever? I've never here. heard that combination of words before. I haven't either, and I don't know where he came up with it. I, I, I asked him because and it's off the wall. It's completely off the yeah. wall. And he has he has graphic artwork to depict this it's fantastic (laughs) and he still doesn't i don't think he knows what it means it just sounds good so it works um that service is twitch tv well what most people don't know and when i say you don't know this but when i say this this brand name you'll know what it means do you remember the early days of when people were starting to stream ufc pay-per-views yeah okay the one website everybody always went to to stream those what was it do you remember no Usually, most people went to a site called Justin.tv. Justin.tv. And that was the site where everybody could stream whatever they wanted. And that's the first site that UFC filed. I think they filed a lawsuit against them. Mm. It was an injunction and then a lawsuit against Justin TV. Twitch is Justin.tv that has been bought, I think, by Amazon. Oh, okay. And rebranded. 
So that's what that service is. So they hit the ground running. They just use their platform. But this yeah. goes to it's it was that basic idea, and they've expanded on yeah. it. But the, the the idea we're trying to get to here is the issue of copyrights and how everything is treated with this blanket statement, this blanket solution. What constitutes fair use? What is okay and what's not? I understand the concept of intellectual property. I understand the concept of ownership of what you have done and what constitutes fair use. If you want to quote part of my book, do it. If you don't cite it, I'm not going to sue you. You you need to be reasonable about these things. However, there is a difference between us playing or any podcaster, and this really comes down to podcasting. Let's say a podcaster says, I've got a great idea for a show. I like broadcasting this show. You know what would really set it off is if I played the first 20 seconds of Back in Black by ACDC to start my show or to come out of a, of a break and yeah. go into segment two or as my outro. And from a legal standpoint, they can be sued for that. Now, there's no money in it. No. If you have a podcast that doesn't make any money, and here's a little secret for everybody. Podcasts don't make any money. If you think podcast, if you think anybody is out there, if you think Steven Crowder is making his money from his podcast, you're wrong. If you think that Joe Rogan is making much from his, if you think Adam Carolla, and I'm talking guys that have enormous shows. Joe Rogan's show is huge. Oh, yeah. I love that. Mark Maron's show is huge. Has a great listenership. Jimmy Pardo's is big. There, there's four or five of these guys. They're not making their career on podcasts, okay? If they use this thing, they finally get to just express themselves. Of course, and it's 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 a however it's a they free want medium. to. It's a free medium. Yeah. You can finally do it. You're going to tell me that if they use 20 seconds of an intro, much less some some podcaster that's putting his show out into the ether somewhere on the internet and it gets no one listening to it. Mm. You're going to tell me that dealing with any of those podcasters should be treated the same as somebody going on to a torrent website and literally downloading a, an al, an entire album and paying zero dollars for it. Yeah. That's my concern right now is that those are being treated the same. The same. Do I think that it's theft if you play the first 30 seconds of Everybody Wants to Rule the World as your intro while you're talking over top of it and fade it out and then go into your show? How is that the same? What do you think about copyrights, how that's being treated, and what that means, not just to podcasting, but on the Internet? How are these things different? Why should it be viewed different? As far as um, copyright and everything like that? Uh I mean, I don't really think that people should be held in a monetary sense or any kind of accountability for a 20-second clip of the song. Well, I mean, how is that theft? And th this is why I asked that question, because th this is an interesting thing. It's me. weird. I mean, it's such a weird thing because, like, you could hear it on the radio if I went and bought that particular album and I just played that and then stopped it. How, I mean... You can record it off the radio. Don't I have property rights once I buy that? But then again, they always have that. They have Small the intellectual print that property. says, "Hey, you can't use this in a broadcast sense." They have the intellectual property. Value. Yeah. They have the intellectual property. Yeah. But what I'm this is what I'm saying. There has never been a time, Steve, not one time ever, not ever, mm -hmm. that a podcaster, large or small, or that anyone in that sense, large or small, has ever played part of a song on a, on a broadcast of any kind. And someone has listened to that that twenty second clip and said, "Well, now I don't need to go buy the song anywhere." Yeah, um, I'm good. I heard 
X amount. Now, it's also different for me. There should be a time limit, I think. If there's a time limit and you stay in that parameter, then it should be okay. Well, I think it 20 seconds. Okay, if it's undisturbed, I think that's an issue. 20 seconds. And if I get on and I play an entire song between segments, Mm -hmm. uninterrupted, in its entirety, from start to finish, fade in to fade out, if I play all of that, there's nothing over top of it, and then conceivably you could download this free podcast and and extract that... And you've got it for free. Now you've got an issue. To me, that is not fair use. Yeah. No, any more than jumping on the Pirate Bay and downloading an entire album instead of paying the 10 bucks. Any more than, than that is theft. Okay? They, those are the same thing. But whenever you're using it as part of what you're doing, as part of your creative expression, I don't understand how that's the same thing. I, the, I don't agree with at it. At the yeah. very worst, at the very worst, usage for podcasters of things like that the worst it can possibly be is free advertising. Yeah, and yeah, you think about, oh, well, I only got 20 seconds. I'd like to hear the rest of that song. Well, I like this song. Let me check um, maybe some albums. You know, I can tell you now out. that that happened. And yeah, here's that's how, free advertising. Here's I, can, I can tell you that happened because of our show. Okay. Someone asked me, mm-hmm. what is that song that, that you play a little bit of as your episodes end? Yeah. And I said, it's, it's No Way by David Gilmour. Yeah. Steve picked it. It's a great outro song mm-hmm. to kind of to fade out and end the show. They wanted to know the name of that song. Yeah. I told them they bought it. Sweet. So already, Steve. Where's your cut? We have dumped our mixer. We have a good mixer. It's a Behringer um, Zenix 1204 USB. Without the effects, we didn't need that. But we've got that mixer. We've got four condenser mics. Uh, we've got our cables, our, our headphones, our amplifier. We've dumped some money into this show, Steve. Already, David Gilmore and and his record company have made more money than we have. Yeah. Okay? Sure. Now think about that. So how in the world is that going to be an issue? And I, and I say that for this reason. There is an adv- advocacy group and I found out about this, ironically, from another podcast that talks about these an things. An advocacy group. Yes. There's an advocacy group and a group of lawyers that they sue based on these things. And they sue producers. They recently sued CBS. That's way worse than being an ambulance chaser. Like, Oh, yes. What the hell? But they sued CBS. This group of people sued CBS about illegal use of music or something on yeah. behalf of the recording industry or whatever. And it, there's no worse group of people on the planet than the recording now, industry. who did they sue again? They sued CBS. I can possibly see that just because, because how big they are. Because it's mass market and the yeah. ways they were using it. And there are some details in it. You can look up the story and, yeah. and start to find out what was going on. But they sued them. And a- after everything was done, after all the, w- all the instances were recorded and there were multiple ones, they got a few million dollars, which is nothing by Compar- comparison. Yeah, now, this is why yeah. it's important. And I'm going to say this and I'll put it right out there and you can listen to the podcast. We'll, we'll link this on the Twitter page. You can li- listen to that podcast. You can look up the articles. This same group brought a suit against Adam Carolla mm-hmm. and his podcast. And I think they were talking about possibly going after some of the others like Marin and Rogan and the others. And they ended the suit, and they said there's just no money in it, and that they will not pursue any action against podcasts that make very little money or no money. Yeah. So they're just looking for big fish. So so think about that. Yeah. They are not all, worth it. They yeah. are already saying... Not just that it's not worth it, that there's no point. Yeah. Well, I mean, the worth is in the money. They don't give a care either way. 
They're just there to line their own pockets. Well, of course. Yeah. But wouldn't you think that the industries would also be going after them? The, the Motion Picture Association mm-hmm. and the recording industry, look at what the, those people have created with price inflation and driving everything up. Yeah. They have so diluted the talent pool. There's a reason why people are so comfortable to just go on and say, oh, I'm just going to go download yeah. this album. There's a reason why there was a demand for something like iTunes where you can pick and choose the songs you want. And it's because artists get signed to these contracts and you know, we need this many albums in this much time. So they produce an album and it's the album that they have spent their entire lives writing. Mm-hmm. It's been 10 years of grit and determination and rewrites and, and all, revisions, all these things to get it right. And it's their 10 best songs. And it's finally there. It's a hit. It goes platinum. It sells 11 million copies. And then the recording company comes back and says, man, that was great. We need another album in six months. Yeah. Okay. So is the album that they're going to produce a year after that one goes platinum? It's not going to have the work that goes into it. You're going to get a a CD, which I know you've heard plenty of times has one or two decent songs on it (laughs) and eight that would have been thrown away in any other setting. Instead of telling the artist, we need three albums, give them to us when you're ready. Instead of just throwing you out there like a mercenary, let's get some good stuff out here that's what produces the environment where people just, I'm just going to buy these two songs or I'm just going to take it because I don't need it. I think back to the days, I don't know, I don't know how involved you were in the early days of, of mass market internet, but think back late nineties, early two thousands, the, the original file sharing programs, Napster comes out. I remember a lot with, I, I had a little bit to do with LimeWire and FrostWire. Okay. See that, And there you go. You've, yeah. you, it went from Napster into programs like Kazaa mm-hmm. and then BearShare and LimeWire. And the best way to, to sum up LimeWire, I saw this on a meme one time and I'll paraphrase it. And it's basically, uh, this is what happens whenever you're willing to give your computer aids just to get the new, <laughs> the new Limp Biscuit song. <laughs> And that's that's what these file sharing programs were. Well, they they were horrible. Your aids. That's great. But think about what happened that originally brought Napster down. And that's when people started sharing these MP3s. Metallica. And Metallica's drummer so makes Lars himself, Ulrich, right? Yes, sir. Skeet. <laughs> Skeet. Skeet. They uh <laughs> they became the villains, and especially him. He's always been like a villain anyway. He always just looks like a little shit. He's a little creepy. Wasn't he like a really, really big tennis player and then he came here and got wiped up? And when he stopped? was growing up, when he was when he was a kid, yeah. he was this amazingly talented tennis player, I think in Sweden. Yeah, like one of the top rated in the world, supposedly, at yeah, that and, time. And, for the age group, anyway. Well, and being the best 12-year-old tennis player in Sweden is like being the best ice hockey player in Ethiopia. It just really doesn't, doesn't do matter. anything for you. <laughs> Okay, I think I'm the third best tennis player in Sweden, and I'm, I'm not even there. It's like making the Mexican hockey team. It's probably not too hard. That's right? an, that is an excellent point. I wonder if Mexico has a hockey team. <laughs> I don't know. Does Mexico have a hockey team? I, I've got to type that into Google. I hope so, and I hope they're really, really good. I've got to type that into Google. Does Mexico have a hockey team? So, they're all Canadians. Though. And not field hockey. We're talking ice hockey. <laughs> they're all here. Canadians. We're talking real hockey. Yeah, Canadians and Russians. That's all it is. The Mexico City Thunder. And it's all Mex- It's all Russians and, and Canadians coming down to play hockey. And like one random guy from Boston College. So 
I, I come back to all the copyright stuff, and I think about how Napster changed the game. And as soon as that program came out and MP3s became big, I, there was a time when nobody knew what an MP3 was. Yeah. And I got my first computer, Steve. You got to convert it to MP3, though. Well, yeah. I was on... I didn't get my first computer. People kind of know me for being good with technology. But I got my first computer Christmas of 1997. So I get that I get that computer and I thought, yeah, I wonder how, I wonder what I can do with music. And I remember putting the the audio CD in the drive and all the Windows 98 or something is that what you were running? Th- uh yeah, that was 98 yeah. for sure. Wasn't a bad. I like Windows 98. I liked Windows 98. It was extremely hackable. So I got that's and that's a that's a whole other show and what you what you could have done with Windows 98 back in the day. So I had I had that CD that I put into the CD drive and I started to drag over one of the files and you couldn't copy it. It was only the shortcut. Oh, that sucks. Okay. Yeah. Well, that that was their version of copy protection. Yeah. So I remember, I don't know, two or three months after that, this program comes out, and it's called Music Match Jukebox. Hmm. And I start researching and come to find out you can put a CD into your drive, run this program, and it takes this song file on this CD, which is enormous in file size because it's basically an uncompressed wave file, and it brings it down into this little compressed package of high quality called an MP3. Nobody knew what an MP3 was Mm -hmm. at that point. And I remember doing that, and I ripped probably five or six CDs that I owned into MP3s. Mm -hmm. And I took a step back, and I thought, if people ever find out what this can be. When you're making everybody their own mixed CDs? Here you go, buddy. Oh, yeah. And I said, if people find out what this can be. It's going to change the game. Yeah. Everything's going to be different. So I remember doing that, and there was an early site, and for the ne- life of me, I cannot remember what the name of that site was. But it was this little place where there were no, there was no BitTorrent. There was no broadband. I was on dial-up. Yeah. But remember FTPs, file transfer yeah. protocol? Yeah. Well, this was a directory where everybody had their own FTP, and you would post your link and all the songs you had. Mm-hmm. And you'd get on there, and if they were online, you could grab that song. Kind of like how Frost uh, – they- well, LimeWire was first on that, the mm-hmm. whole wire, but then Frostware, a uh, Frostwire, mm-hmm. it started pretty much. Doing well, that. and that was peer to peer, and yeah. those but those came out after Napster went under. Yeah, this is pre Napster. There was no Napster at this point. Huh. So I'm, I remember the first song that I got from someone's FTP that I did not own, mm-hmm. and it was "Your Love" by the Outfield. Now, How do you I've feel seen, about that? I've I've since bought a CD that has that song on it, uh-huh. so it's legal. It's okay. But yeah, that was the first one that I got, That's and I felt okay with with it because it was my favorite '80s song, and it still is. So I, I remember that happening, and I thought. This is still FTP, and I know there are other places that have really fast internet speeds, Mm -hmm. but if this ever gets bigger, there's going to be a problem. Yeah. And it was not a year later, here comes Napster. Mm -hmm. And on Napster, you type in what you want, and here comes the list of all the people who have it. I never messed with Napster, ever. And it's but it's but that's what changed the game. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that happened, it was mostly music. Yeah. And then from you know Napster goes down because of Metallica, and they had the Metallica ban yeah. that if it detected you had a Metallica song shared, it would ban you. So it starts to go under. It, it ends up being a pay Metallica. service at one point, and then it goes away entirely. But then that's where Kazaa and LimeWire and BearShare and FrostWire all those start to come up. And then you can share video, you can share images, and it's copyright went out the window at that point. But you cannot tell me that using that is the same as using a clip of something of as part not. of a podcast. No, but when, but not. that is where you have people 
that are going after pod. I don't think people are going after podcasters at this point, but it's always being threatened and you're always getting all these. It's probably politically driven. It's politically driven because it's money driven. And those two are the basically the same thing, but that's already starting to happen. And and I hate the fact that it's started, that it's creating so much tension and so much pressure in the world of podcasting for that very reason. Look at what it's done. There are people who, who feel like the quality of their show is impacted because they're not allowed to use this, but I can request that song on the radio, pop in a cassette tape, hook it up to my PC, record it and everything's the same thing. Yeah. And then I can go on YouTube. People will upload their music videos to YouTube of you know, the the record company will upload their original music video of whatever song and it's fine. But then if you type that in in the results, you will have 25 different results of that same song that other other people have uploaded and have the lyrics on it. Mm-hmm. Now I can go on YouTube, pull that off download it and that's not hard to do there are plenty of websites where you can download youtube videos yeah you do that you convert it and you've already taken it you're going to tell me that that's not being stopped but somebody's going to go after a podcaster for using a 20 second clip that aggravates me steve and proof of source as well you know maybe so but it's the overall principle for me that really troubles me that somehow that's not okay and all it is is a money grab yeah we see i'm poor steve me too. I'm poor, and I'm we're, poor. Yeah, we're poor. We, we are poor. So, if if there's a decision, not eating rocks poor, but we're like definitely not well off. Well, I don't want to hear about about how somehow it's theft of intellectual property. I know intellectual property. I've written two books. I know all about it. There are things copyrighted in my name. It's it's copyrighted in my name. I know about this. Mm-hmm. I have a dog in the hunt. Now, if you go out and you copy my book, and you say I wrote this. And you make money off of it. I'm going to sue you six ways from Sunday. Yeah, that's you know. Okay, that's, that's thievery. That's, that's, that's a logical. Okay, thing. You know. Now, if you take something that I wrote in my nonfiction Bible prophecy study book, which is extremely relevant right now because we're recording this on September 22nd, and there's a lot of stuff that's um, being thrown around in the news, most of which is not true about September 23rd and what a lot of Christian people believe about that day and the possibilities surrounding it from a prophetic standpoint. If somebody takes something I wrote in that book, and they take a paragraph of it, and they don't source me, yeah, I might send them a letter and say, "Hey, throw me a throw me a source." Yeah. I'm not gonna sue anybody yeah. because you didn't t- you did not c- keep somebody from buying my book or uh, because you did work that. for your own. That's BS. Yeah. Nobody did that, and we have people who are going to act like if you hear part a part of a clip that nobody's going to buy your music. All you're going to do is end up getting. More given that's an to excuse. You. The that's only just thing it can do. The only thing it can do is make you money. Yeah, it's just a, this is something to to argue. The why, would, why would you complain about that? Because they're lawyers. Oh, it just frustrates me. Uh, well, lawyers are a whole. Different. Yeah, it's still, that's their, we could do a five part special on lawyers. Yeah, and some other vocations that we're not too fond of, but we're not going to mention those right now. That's true. I had to get some water. My gosh. So tomorrow is September 23rd, and we'll cover this before we go. September 23rd is kind of an interesting subject, and I'm going to talk a little bit about this because it's in my book, speaking of copyrights. I'll say, let me say one one other thing about copyrights. You know, I, I've, I may have downloaded a song or two over the years. I think we all have. Steve, you may have... I made a few burn CDs, just you may travel have, music. Well, you may have been familiar. There are some... And I, this is something I legitimately hand on the Bible, swear on all that's holy, don't know anything about. I really don't. But there are some devices that you can use for streaming where you can watch anything. Oh, I mean, yeah. You anything. can... You can it, it, there's a name for one of them, and I 
for the life of me, cannot remember. Cody? Is that it? Yeah. And you can get this thing, and you can watch channels. You can watch movies. That's a whole other story. That is a whole different ball game when you're going down the road of something like that. My yeah. problem is speaking in absolutes. Don't download it. No. <laughs> speaking in absolutes, speaking in about these things in ways where they expect a blanket solution to be true, a blanket definition to be true. My main message of this, and I think you would agree with this because you're, you're the co-host of this show, is that we need to find a way in which podcasters can be allowed some freedom to use these things in the same way that radio stations and everybody else without paying for some outlandish broadcast license. There needs to be a podcast license. Do you realize this? That's what we're trying to get away from. This is what's amazing to me. Well, name me one thing the government ever gets involved in that they improve. We've said it before. We'll say it again. Well, they have to regulate all forms of communication. So, Well, look yeah. at all the insane things that they do and steal our money for, and then they attach the word service to it. Yeah. Internal revenue service? It's a service. Re- this is a service? It's to who? Oh, it's it's a response to the great demand asking you to take all of our money. Should be called a, a disservice. It ought to come with a bottle of lube every April. But that'd be cool. There's um, well, at least then it might be a little bit functional. But I, I look at this and I just think, how stupid is it that if you have a podcast that streams, it requires in their mind, a certain type of license because of these antiquated laws that were created decades ago. But if it's a podcast or a broadcast that can be downloaded, it requires a different kind of license because it's being downloaded. Now, you're going to tell me that is somehow fair to someone who is producing a radio broadcast. Dude, screw you. That is absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, your thoughts on what we can, what should be done about it, what we can do about it, and just in general how it affects people and what they can do on the internet and in the creative arts. Well, I mean, I don't see a problem with you know a small clip of you know certain things. I don't, you know, these little advocacy groups. You know, are they joined by various artists that support that? I mean, where where are they coming from with that? Um, but in general, I think it, I don't really see a problem with it. You know, if it was me that already had that level of success, and you know, people still were promoting me, just even with that twenty twenty second clip, you know, that's like we were talking about. That's free advertisement. I mean, you know, the artist just wants people to enjoy what they do. Well, in theory, you they know? do. In theory, they do. But, but you know as well as I do. But artists, they get that sucked out of them, though. I mean, artists don't make it. They make very little money yeah. off of record sales. That's that's why you can tell who's driving the yeah. machine, Steve, yeah. is because they're not making. They will tell you this. Artists yeah. will tell you this. Articles will reveal this to you. They don't make their money off of their records. That's why they don't bother producing much of them anymore. It's a brand. Where do they make their money? On the tour. Yeah. What does that tell you? And that's why it just it aggravates me as a content producer. It should aggravate anyone that wants to produce a podcast, that wants to produce any kind of broadcast on what I guess we would just generally call um, non-traditional medium. The vampire won't stop. I this, mean, it's not going to. <laughs> this is a non-traditional media. This is not just TV or radio or print. This is a whole other deal. Mm-hmm. And I, there needs to be... 
some time, I don't say leeway because that, that looks like you're, you're looking the other way for something that you shouldn't, but there needs to be an accommodation made. There needs to be, a, people complain about immigration and we need to re reform immigration mm-hmm. and we need to make it easier and make a different way to do it. You know what? If you wanted to say, uh, there are two main groups that license music for radio stations. Okay. And there's BMI and there's ASCAP. Asshat. Are you telling me that as a that's what they are? Are you telling me that as a podcaster, we should have to pay the same as a, a radio station that sends its signal out to literally hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people, and we hear sirens? Are they coming for us? Is that what's happening? That's lovely. <laughs> should it be the same there, or should there be a podcast license where? A group can say, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do this podcast. People download it on demand. It's not something you're just gonna stumble onto. You have to go find it, and we'll charge you a hundred dollars a year yeah. for an ASCAP license or a BMI license. You know what? I would be totally okay with that. I would generate a hundred bucks to go get a BMI or an ASCAP license for podcasting because the usage of it constitutes fair use. But that principle, like everything, starts out uncensored." And then it becomes censored. Well, who does that? Yeah. Who does that's, that? That's my point. But that you know, that's the whole thing is how 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 free is it going to be? I mean, the the whole well, it's no, the free, whole piece freedom of is like, an illusion. The whole piece of like you know discovering something is intriguing to me. Like when I'm like, wow, I wonder if anybody else is paying attention to this, or you know, it's when you discover something and you enjoy it. That's that's pretty fulfilling. You free, know? Freedom is an illusion. Yeah. Especially now, freedom is not freedom of expression is an illusion. The thought police are that's we've talked about it before. Nineteen eighty four. Yeah, the thought police is a very real thing because there will be people who, if they hear this, will be angry and will want to try to do something about it. There will be people who, if they don't listen to it but they become aware of it, they'll be angry and want to do something about it. And it's not that they'll be angry; it's that they'll want it stopped. <laughs> And that is the very definition of thought police. We see it all the time. That's what happens when you're raised. Uh, and it's what it's just a whole generation that are they're raised by their mothers and their and their grandparents. And that's uh I think that's where a lot of this mentality is coming from. Okay, so what you do know? we do? Well, it only takes one generation to uh to rewrite everything. Is it, well, you know, really? And that's what I think you're half right. You take a kid, you throw them in the woods with a, bu- a bunch of wolves. Granted, they don't eat them. Mm-hmm. They're now a feral child. One generation, you know. And here's the issue that that may come up with that. I think that's half correct, at least in in my estimation. Okay. And here's why. I think it only takes one generation to screw it up. I think it takes multiple generations to, to make fix it better. It. Yeah. For okay. Sure. For sure. And I give you the same thing we talked about in episode two. Which is, look at the revolution that was in the late 1960s. Okay? Look at what happened then. It has been two, three generations since then. What has changed for the better since that point in what they changed? Things have gone completely sideways. How has it gotten worse? I mean, that's what I don't understand. Like... How's that happen with that frame of mind and that strong? Well, it's the, of it's, a backing? The, it's the second law of thermodynamics. Yeah. We're just everything tends toward chaos. Nothing gets better. With All the half fasters made it, and then the hard workers stayed to what they did, and uh, they got sold out. Well, we've enc- we've encouraged people to halfway work yeah. and halfway do anything, and we've made it easier. Mm-hmm. We've rewarded these things, and you got Jesse Jacksons and Sharptons and who that get money type. for nothing. 
they get money for 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 activity. Yeah. No, what they do is they create controversy and get paid for it. Yeah. And and make no mistake, it's not just Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton. This but is this definitely. has nothing. But this has nothing to do with race. It has to do with the people who no, they're just are like rewarded. Hitler or anybody else. They're me, rewarded you know? for those opportunities. They take them, yeah. and people reward this foolishness. <laughs> they're not doing what Martin. They people put them on the same platform as it, Martin Luther King. They take advantage of everybody. Absolutely, yeah, they take advantage of their checkbooks. That's all, but that's that's my point, though. You take your 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 baseline, your grassroots guys, your Malcolm X, your Martin Luther King Jr., those kind of guys, and then now you know what you're left with when they take out, or like we always talk about, they is a loose term. Whenever those those actual people that are organizers and have the real vision, they're taken out. And then you have the scum that's left over that's just there to leech and to suck as much as they can from something that was real, you know? Well, here's the question. How many times did you ever hear Martin Luther King Jr. out there trying to get money? Never. How many times did he say, boy, we've got to fight the good fight. We've got to get these things changed. Donate here. Yeah. It was Not once. That. What did he do? He got everybody together and he said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to walk. Mm-hmm. And if they try to stop us or they try to shoot us with fire hoses or they try to do, you know, send the dogs after us or they do X, Y, Z, we're going to walk mm-hmm. and we're just going to keep walking, keep walking. and we're going to, we're going to unify and we're going to stay together in no- strength in numbers and we're going to make these changes happen and we're going to play the long game. We're not going to use it as an excuse for violence. Mm-hmm. We're not going to stand and try to fight everybody. We're going to fight the good fight, do it the right way, and make these things happen in time. And what's amazing about that is a lot of the things he fought for and the things he tried to make happen did not happen until he was gone. He never even saw them happen, but it was because of his work. Tell me one worthwhile thing that people like people that came after him have done. Tell me what the Jacksons and the Sharptons and the rest of them have done. Give me an accomplishment. You cannot do it no. because there's nothing there. They have done nothing but thrive on generated generated controversy. Mm-hmm. And it's controversy they created. It's they sought it out. Yeah, that's that's the uh, scum portion, you know. That's the, and the vampire. Here's what's sad about this. This is not conservative or liberal. No, it's it's real life. These people are they're they're vampires. They're scum. They, I mean, let me ask you this. <laughs> let me ask you this, and we're going to get a little bit into September twenty third, and then we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up because the twenty third is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. How do you view the issue that we've talked about with fair use and with broadcasting and with freedom of expression, especially freedom of expression, freedom of speech, all those things? How does what you're doing, what we're doing on this show, how does that translate to you? From a libertarian standpoint, because you are very much a libertarian in in that sense of live and let live and and let people speak their mind and do all these things without without fear of reprisal. And I understand that from a legal standpoint, freedom of speech just means you can say what you want and won't get thrown in jail. But really, there's a lot more punishments out there than just getting thrown in jail for what oh, you're yeah. saying. And we see that every day. From a libertarian standpoint, what is that? What is what we're doing mean to you? And especially in in the use of of anything that we're trying to put into our show. Well, I mean, this is the way I am here is pretty much my thought process overall. Um, you know, actually having a freedom of speech that doesn't put you in a category of, Oh, well, this person's racist or this person's this or that. Um, actually really being able to speak and wait for your turn, you know, process instead of just trying to argue. Um, you know, I don't I just think it's uh, what every avenue um, 
for any kind of communication be you know it it, it should be 100 percent freedom of speech if you want to say whatever you want to say say whatever you want to say libertarian standpoint um i believe in law and order for the, for the most part um freedom you know assembly you know peaceful assembly i believe in all that you know if you can do whatever you want with your body that's the biggest aspect for me as long as you're not hurting someone else mm-hmm. um but yeah it's the speech thing just because somebody gets mad about something i i get angry with things all the time um and even if i feel my neck getting red or hairs raising on my neck i'm going to find a way to have a conversation about that well have we lost yeah. sight of the fact that dialogue and argument are not interchangeable terms yeah, it's it, argument is ridiculous. That's I mean, all you you cannot watch re- a television show with any type of political dialogue or whatever. And I, I shouldn't have used that word. Yeah, political discussion. All it turns into is everyone shouting over top of each other. There yeah. is no dialogue and and exchange. And this is this is the term that needs to be used: the free exchange of ideas. Yeah, because you don't yeah. you cannot see that in a peaceful way anymore because no. everyone's an enemy and everybody wants to. Well, you fight. have to be right. Mm-hmm. You can't. There's no middle ground. People can't give anymore and, and, you know, bring each other's experiences in life and, you know, every kind of thing they've ever done as far as maybe political or maybe racial division or anything else like that. Come and talk to each other and try to actually absorb and learn instead of just being bullheaded. Hey, this is my interpretation. This is the only interpretation I'm not going to bend. Well, we have a world of people who are afraid to say, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you can't know. What's going to happen when all the smart people are gone? Who knows? Listen to you know? listen to sports talk radio. Listen to these shows. And I tried even, to watch sports Center yesterday. It was freaking horrible. But man. not even locally. I'm talking the national sports talk radio shows. The mm-hmm. guys who make their money going on radio five days a week and talking about sports. Most of them, 75% of them, have regressed to only talking about the NFL. Yeah. And occasionally, the NBA wants the conference finals mm-hmm. get there. They won't talk about anything else. And that's why it's fun when someone calls in with another question. Colin Cowherd will talk about college football because mm-hmm. he knows college football. And he can be controversial, but he knows his stuff and he does his work. But we, I love listening to these shows because none of them will ever say to a caller, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. They'll never say it. They can call, somebody can call in to one of the one of these shows, and there's plenty of them in New York, which is the worst. And then you'll have them in Chicago and and a few other places, mainly metro areas that have these shows. But you'll call them, and you can say, you know, I know that the you know, this is NFL Week 14, and we got a lot of playoff scenarios playing out, and we've got bowl games coming up, and everybody's really focused on that, and the World Series just ended. But I wanted to ask you a question about my my biggest sports passion insert host name here um i'm really excited about the semi-pro soccer league in missouri and i I think that team x is going to beat team y and instead of that host saying what i I don't i don't know is anyone screening these calls (laughs) go to commercial instead of doing that or instead of looking at them and uh, looking at the microphone and thinking this is my this is my world. This is what I have to do. And then having to say, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what that league is. I don't know anything about soccer. I don't care about literally one atom of this and of the action. I don't care about any of these things. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Next caller, who do we have next on line three? Instead of that, they will formulate an opinion. And try to tell you not only what that opinion is, but why it's right, everyone else is wrong, and they're stupid. 
It's okay to say I don't know. There's all kinds of stuff I don't know anything about. You know what I know about soccer, Steve? That you don't like it? Here's what I know about soccer. I don't like soccer. Let me tell you what I – here's what I know about soccer. I know that it would be far more interesting if we either blindfolded the goalie (laughs) or we got rid of the goalie and you had to run all the way back and defend your own goal. Mm -hmm. That would make it more fun. I know that the only soccer I've ever intentionally watched was either WVU women's soccer Uh, when we were making the run through the NCAA championship. And I will watch them play because I love my Mountaineers. right? Yes. And they're really – they're top ten again this year. They were the number one team Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the season. Yeah. I will watch them play because I love my Mountaineers. I'll do that every time. I'll, I know that I enjoy that because it's WVU. And I also know that I'll flip over and at least catch the highlights of the women's national team because I'm a big fan of Alex Morgan. Anything women I, sports, I love to watch it. But that's it. I'll, that's all I know. And if you if you, if I had a sports radio talk show and they said, hey, what do you think about that big Women's World Cup match? I love Alex Morgan. Okay, who's on line three? <laughs> Somebody want to talk about something interesting, please? I'll gladly say that because I don't know. And we have everyone that wants to talk about the fact that, that they know everything. And they don't, Steve. Mm-hmm. So what about um, College Softball World Series? You watch that? That's my favorite form of baseball. It, but but Steve, that's softball. I know, but it's close enough. It's better than cricket. Is it? Yeah. Okay. College. Oh gosh. Come on, Co- man. College World Series softball. It's. It's good. It's interesting to watch. I, I've always found that there's a couple teams that are talented. Define talent, Steve. Um, yeah, you just want to watch Arizona play Arizona State every year. Yeah, I know that's what that's that okay. is. Um, I will watch it because it's interesting. Um, I love baseball and softball of any kind. I loved playing it. I, the, the Little League World Series turns you into a kid again. It's always fun yeah. to watch every year. The, the college women's World Some of Series. Some like seventeen year olds. <laughs> uh huh. That's that's true, and it's it's always the team from Taiwan that. <laughs> You should be suspicious whenever the starting pitcher drives there in his own car with his family. And his mustache. Absolutely. But it's it's something that I will watch. Um, I wish – WVU does not have a women's softball team. They so should. it's not anything that I know really well. I think it's a weather thing. They it's love hard enough softball play, here. Though. But it's hard enough playing baseball yeah. when you got to play your first 10 games on the road. Mm-hmm. So all of those things happen. I, I just – I um, I watch it on occasion. It's 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 fun to watch. It's a fun sport. It's it's not going to be anything that I usually go out of my way to watch, but I will watch it. <laughs> you uh, will go out of your way to watch. Yeah, my girl gets mad at me. She's like, well, "What do you like? What do you, you like? like what do you like the uniforms?" Uh, yeah, I just like I. Oh, I think gosh. that they're they're skilled. They're I mean, these girls are pretty good. Oh, they're incredibly skilled, and they still look pretty good. And there's a couple of them I just like watched them. Run and uh, well, I mean, is that how we're going to define talent in this in this scenario? They have they have double uh, tenfold talent or two. They they have talent times two. Oh my gosh! So yeah, they have all the physical abilities. Some of them now, some of them kind of like swamp donkeys a little bit. There's some some of the pitchers are kind of out there, but uh, okay. Admittedly, there are, there are some that tend to hulk up. A and the coaches bit. always look like they're just. They're just what? Oh, please finish that thought. Please finish that thought. Do it. Oh. Do it. Is that what we're going to call this episode? They, they look donkeys? a little masculine in the face. And 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 this is just an opinion, and I don't really care if anybody likes it. Okay. So cauliflower ear is when you have blood, and it starts, you know, it starts to really eat at the the. The tissue there, right. the uh, the um, what is that? Uh, 
what what's that made of? Cartilage. Cartilage. So yeah. it's pretty much poison to the cartilage. It starts to draw it in. Starts giving that weird effect. Uh huh. So I have a theory anyway. Let's hear it. I'm waiting. Every time, I can't wait. every time I know a woman that decides that she she likes women and it it, it, it it's cool, you know, it's it's cool with me. I don't have a problem with it. It's it's your thing. Um. But about year four or year five of really just getting into it, the face changes. It becomes real masculine type, kind of bitter. Um, and I just think that might be a little bit too much estrogen. You know, it just maybe. Uh, That's interesting. Getting in the system a little bit, you know, maybe a oral tablet of estrogens. <laughs> <laughs> a little sublingual estrogen uh, ingestion. Oh, my gosh. So yeah, I, I pretty much I think it. Uh, yeah, if you eat a lot of fish, that you might start getting a little bit more masculine in the face. That's just what I think. But yeah, fish eating makes you masculine. That's <laughs> fish. Well, I think that's a good place to end as any. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Tomorrow, but, uh, September twenty third. There's a lot of information being thrown out out there. Most most of which is completely incorrect, and yeah. you just being used to mock the people who think there may be some significance to it. Um, if something major happens on September twenty third, my suggestion is you check out the Apex Live Twitter page, and I'll have some information for you there. Check out the website nogod.org. That's not the word n o. That's k n o w g o d dot org. That's just good for anybody to listen to. Oh yeah, we covered a lot of very interesting ground, and we took some hard left turns tonight. But I think it was fun. My ADD was off the yeah off the chain a little today. Well, that'll happen. What's the lesson, kids? The lesson is don't try to stream too many fights that you don't pay for. Don't try to steal music for no good reason. Don't use LimeWire to give your computer aids because, yes, LimeWire gives your computer aids. AIDS. And we'll talk more about that next time, Steve. I enjoyed episode four. We've got more things to talk about. If we're still here next week... We will do episode five. We'll bring some more people in. Don't forget our big twitch.tv slash Kung Fu Spaceman crossover episode. That'll be coming up in the next couple of weeks. Steve, final thoughts. Um, I'm excited to uh, do that little crossover. That's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Oh, and I forgot the other piece of information. We have found Steve Randolph's professional debut opponent. Hey. He is a, he's a young man from New York. He's not had a ton of success in his career quite yet, but... I hate to break this news to him now, but he's not going to have any success on November 17th either. But we'll break that news as soon as we have signed contract in hand. And God willing, unlike Jihad St. John, the opponent that no-showed last November, or last April, I'm sorry, last April, this guy will actually show up and take his beating like a that man. That was on my birthday. That was? That was my birthday. That was the, on my birthday. Oh my gosh, you got robbed of your pro debut on your on my birthday. birthday. Well, at least your computer didn't get AIDS from LimeWire. <sighs> I guess that's the important thought. That's true. Oh, my. Well, that was fun. Remember, we still need to find out if Mexico has an ice hockey team. Yeah. Well, at least we know what to look up on Google next time. Steve, enjoyed it, my friend. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. There is no ice hockey in Mexico. I guarantee there is. They have an ice hockey team in Florida. That's not Mexico. There's no way. And don't say close enough. Close enough. <laughs> I'm Brad. That's Steve. And this has been Apex Live. There's no way.
because it's my show.